It's me, Roz. How are ya? Oh, I'm doing just fine. You know, I'm always doing great when it's a listener episode, but I just recorded an episode that I, you know, I hate to use this word as much as I do, but a truly iconic episode. Oh my God. I talked to Andrea Perrin, who grew up in the original house that inspired the first Conjuring movie. We chatted and we chatted. She gave me like two hours of her time. We had so much fun, but also it was terrifying. It was just, oh, it was so great. What an amazing guest to have on the show. And a special shout out to... Patrick Keller for hooking us up because uh, Patrick, who listens to the show and has a great podcast called The Big Seance Podcast with Patrick Keller. And we recently recorded and and I'll be a guest on that show soon. So go check it out. And uh, Patrick, you know, knows Andrea and hooked us up. And it was, uh, it's definitely going to be a two part episode starting next week. So just Look out for it. In the meantime, go watch The Conjuring. And, you know, another reason why it's so perfect is because the latest Conjuring film, which really has nothing to do with the first Conjuring, because, you know, those movies are all based on the cases of Ed and Lorraine Warren. But nonetheless, there's going to be a Conjuring movie coming out, I believe, next week. I think June 4th. Oh, my God. It's already June. Anyway, so perfect timing for that conversation. So look out for that. And uh, before we get into the listener episode this month, since it's all about the listeners, I did see a pretty interesting story in the Facebook group, of course, called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. This one comes from Robin. Robin writes, here's what I remember growing up in a haunted house. This all happened between the age of 13 and 16. I was living with my mom and two sisters. One sister 14 months older, the other 9 years older. Oh, wow. At around puberty, I started having what I learned later to be sleep paralysis. But each episode was always different and terrifying. Hmm, Much like this podcast. There was times where, quote, The old hag would climb on top of my chest in the shape of a cat or witchy creature. Sometimes there was a smaller boy-like figure that I would see standing in the doorway. And sometimes I wouldn't see or hallucinate anything but feel immense fear like something awful was about to happen. There were a few times I was so scared It was enough for me to fight my way out of the paralysis state. One night, I even floated above my body and saw myself sleeping, got scared, and went right back into my body and didn't sleep the rest of the night. I grew to teach myself to sense when I was about to have an episode, and I would have to stay awake for the rest of the night otherwise, if I fell asleep... I would slip right into sleep paralysis. I could tell from buzzing feeling that I had in my head. Very strange times. Only happened a few times as an adult. Besides my own experiences, my sister heard over two consecutive nights someone walking back and forth outside her bedroom door late at night. She thought it was me, so she didn't think anything of it. The second night, she shouted for me to go to bed, and the footsteps stopped promptly outside her door. She went to investigate, thinking it was me, and no one was there. She was so freaked out, she came into my room after and woke me up to tell me. 
my mom would also have experiences, mainly via dreams. She dreamt a little boy died where we lived, and she described him the way I saw him during one of my sleep paralysis nights. One day, my sister and I were goofing around playing some form of tag in the house. It was a loop from the hallway to the living room, then dining room, through the kitchen, and back to the hallway. My sister was chasing after me and said she was going to throw, I think, a spoon or something that she was holding at me in a playful sibling way. This went on for a few rounds around the loop. Then something hit the back of my head in the hallway and went flying past me behind the couch into the living room. I yelled at her and she came out from the kitchen nowhere near me and was still holding her item. I looked behind the couch and this silver ring was still spinning. It wasn't a ring either one of us had seen before. And to this day, we don't know who threw the object at me. I'm sure there's more, but this is all my memory holds. Love the show, Roz. Robin from Ottawa, Ontario. Oh my God. That is the kind of sleep paralysis story where it starts to get real paranormal, where it's like, you know, more than one person kind of experiences what happens during the sleep paralysis. And also, I mean, you told an old hag story, and as an old hag myself... I feel uh, very comforted being represented and the rest of the old hag community. Thank you, Robin. Okay, on with this month's listener episode. As always, if you want to be on a listener episode, please send me an email at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com with the subject line listener episode. And you know, just give me a couple sentences about your paranormal stories and maybe we can work something out. And we always have a little bit extra for you on Patreon. And this week on my first tier, you can see the part two of how I do my drag makeup. Finally given that to you. So uh, the very exclusive transformation of me putting on my makeup on camera. You can see part one and two now on patreon.com slash And on my second tier this month, I have a little bit from our second caller on this episode, Rachel. The two of us are talking about a little bit of twin paranormal phenomena possibly some some uh, telepathy of sorts and uh, also a haunted theater from uh, Rachel's days of of high school theater so uh, go check that out patreon.com slash rosdresfeles and I say we go for it on with the show <gasps> there's a ghost in my house Oh my god, I am joined by Becky with an I from <laughs> Las Vegas. Hi! Hi, how are you? I am so good. You're a member of the Facebook group. I feel like, didn't I just read one of your stories on the show? You did, and it's great because I can. I got more stories about that house that we lived in. So. <gasps> oh my god, okay, wait, let's hear it. Like, Okay, so refresh us about the story. It tells everything. Okay. So the story that you read was one of the initial, one of the big uh, deals that happened in the house. We uh, came home from dinner and I ran inside cause I had my new, my new cassette tapes. Cause, cause I'm an old lady. And, but I was, I was a kid. I was like, I don't know, 12, something 13, maybe at the time. And my parents were getting my little brother out of the car. He was still in his car seat. And I came running in, we were, they were in the garage. I came running into the house, running up the stairs to go play my new music. And I had something just stopped me right in my tracks as I was going up the stairs, like almost like a wall, but obviously there was nothing there. Um, just dread, just an absolute feeling of dread and heaviness. And I look up and as I look up the stairs, at the top of the stairs, it uh, kind of curved into a landing. And I could see the shadow cast of a very large masculine figure on the opposite side coming towards me down the landing in my direction. And that wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't actually hear the footsteps of that being or whatever it was coming down the landing in my direction. And I knew I didn't have a lot of time because there's not a lot oh of space God. between where he was and where I was. So I 
heard the footsteps, heard the weight of this thing on the stairs coming down, flipped around. I don't think I touched any stairs on the way back down, ran into the garage, almost almost smashed my stepdad in the face with the door. Uh, when I slant, when I like flew the door open, I told them that there was somebody in the house. I, like I said before in the, the story, I did not think this was a ghost or an entity. I was convinced this was a solid human intruder in our home. Oh my and, God. A shadow that also can produce foot sounds. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was, a, this thing had weight. It was coming down the stairs. I heard every step and it was horrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. There was now, no mistaking it. By the time that happened, did you have any reason to believe that there could be a ghost in the house or anything like that? We had not been living in the house, as far as I recall, that long at that point. We had some little things happen here and there, like the TV would go on and off by itself. We'd tell it to stop and it would stop and kind of change channels on command and stuff. But nothing that we could solidify or actually connect it to uh, poltergeist behavior or any kind of activity uh, in that way. So no, I mean, not at that point, not something that was that extreme. No. So after it happened, then are you like, okay, we got more than just a ghost that likes to flip the channels? Yes. Well, at that point, this, at this point, yes. Cause uh, when my stepdad ran in to do a little investigating and we were in the car and he told us to keep it running in case we had to bolt. Um, uh, because if there was somebody in the house, we didn't know if they were armed or anything. We were, this was really terrifying. Uh, and he went in the house and there was literally nobody there. He did a full sweep upstairs, downstairs, no windows open, no sign of entry anywhere. Nothing was disturbed. And that was even more confusing and scary. <laughs> Ooh, so what else happened there? So there was one that we had a new puppy. Um, and it was a little Sharpay puppy and <gasps> Sharpay's just, they just love to sleep. He's just a big sleeper. And I was sitting on the couch downstairs. It was kind of late at night and my family was upstairs sleeping. So I was the only one awake in the house and I was downstairs watching TV. Cause back then I would watch like the MTV in the middle of the night. And, um, Jake was the name of the dog and he was sleeping on my lap and he was snoring away. And this dog was like sleep like a log you couldn't just wake him up easily and he was sleeping on my lap we're all cozy watching videos and down the hall to my right from the couch I was sitting on was kind of a long dark hallway that was kind of a half bath and the laundry room and then it led to the garage door and I was sitting there and I could hear like noise coming from the garage and it was the middle of the night this was past midnight what were you and, hearing? Uh, just like movement. I don't know, like mm -hmm. something, somebody was in there. And then like, I, I turned the uh, TV down for a second and I was like, what was that? And then it stopped. So I was like, well, maybe it's just like the wind outside or, you know, whatever the house settling, maybe, I don't know. And then <laughs> the doorknob started jiggling violently, like jiggle, 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 jiggle. Like someone was trying to actively get into the house from the garage. And we lock, we always lock the garage door, obviously from the inside. And the only way you can get in the garage is if you have a garage door opener, if you're in the outside, there's no way to get. And I'd never heard the garage door open. And cause back, this was like the late eighties. So when the garage door would open the whole house, you could hear it, you know, uh -huh. nothing, nothing. Couldn't hear anything. It was just all of a sudden the doorknob. Uh, uh -huh. But right before that, I totally forgot. The dog perked his head up out of a dead sleep and looked down the hallway and started growling. Oh, like no, that's this, never good. It's never good. Like this low growl. And that's when just I was like, and then I got, got that feeling of dread again. I was like, oh, no. And that's when the doorknob started jiggling. <sighs> I grabbed the dog, <laughs> jump off the couch. Once again, I don't think I touched any of the stairs, ran up the stairs and woke up my family. They came down. Nobody in the garage. Nothing. So was, at this point, are they like, girl, what is going on with you? Or do they also have experiences? So I think they were probably that. And then my stepdad, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a creative kid, let's be fair. But uh -huh. uh, my stepdad, actually, he loved to bake. And he was in the kitchen one night baking, I don't know what, brownies or something fabulous. And he was in there and he was baking. And we had a double stove where you had the bottom stove and the top stove, you know. And um, you could see, and it was like black glass. So you could see definitely a reflection of the kitchen behind you. 
And so he was pulling the, the brownies or cookies or whatever he was baking out of the bottom stove and putting it on the top of the range so that it could cool. And he looked into the top part of the stove and he could see a woman standing behind him in the reflection over his shoulder. And she seemed to be looking at him approvingly, like she liked what he was baking. And he said she was an older woman with her hair pulled back. So he did see that. So that was very validating, though, because but I still think that that was not the energy that we I think we had a couple things in that house. And I don't think the stuff that I was experiencing was friendly at all. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was so, really scary. What do you think? Like two or three other entities or whatever? Or do you think it was all the same thing that looked different ways or what? Excuse me. Either I think we had more than one or I think the one messed with everybody. I think yeah. maybe it could maybe it could take different shapes or maybe it was maybe the maybe it was an older woman that didn't want us in the house uh, or I, I don't know. I I wish I, I now that I have the knowledge to go back and maybe investigate that more. I wish I did, but uh, I could have back then. But I have no idea. It was just awful. And then eventually um, we did move. And this, my mom was so weird. She moved us into the house, literally in the street behind that house. <laughs> so the new house we had, you could see the back of the old haunted house. Like, so if you sat, we had a porch swing and we could sit on the patio and you could see the back part of the old house. And one time my friend and I, and this was when I was in high school, we were sitting on the front porch, my best friend in high school, and we were looking, we we're sitting on that little swing and we were looking at the back of the old house and it was vacant at that point. No one lived there and there was no uh, curtains on the windows or anything. It was absolutely empty. And we were, it was like twilight and the sun was going down and then it was down all completely. We were watching the sunset and as it was dark, we were looking at the top floor which used to be my mom's room and my little brother's room in the back of the house the two windows were next to each other and we literally watched something go from one room across the window to the next just like it floated through and it was lit and the weirdest thing is there's a wall between those two rooms mm. so it's, it just floated across one and then the other, and there was no exterior light. There was no street light. There was nothing that was out there that could have been mistaken. This was definitely coming from the inside of the house because we could see the walls lit on the inside of the house from the interior lighting from whatever that was that was emitting that light. Did you ever talk to the people that moved in there? So here's the thing. I had a friend that lived across the street. She was around my age, a little younger. And um, I went back over there and there was a family that eventually did move into that house. And they, uh, I moved very quickly because um, I asked the neighbor and she was like, so there were people that lived in this house after you guys and um, they did not live here very long. They actually moved because they said it was too haunted for them to live there. And when I went back to visit, Stop. the grass was dead just at the property line. So oh my God. I know it was super weird because it shared, because uh, they're townhouses, so they're kind of connected. So mm -hmm. there's a big lawn uh, for the two units, but the grass was dead, just the property line for just that townhouse. You like just missed out on such an opportunity to like, you know, w drive by on your bicycle and be like, you see the shadow person. Yet? I <laughs> <laughs> you could I be know, that right? person in the horror movie. I, I, I could have been that creepy little, like that creepy young girl that stopped by, you know, this house is haunted, you know? <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yeah, I know. But no, I don't know. I don't think that house had very good luck after that. And my mom, she suffered from some mental illness and stuff. So there was some dark stuff that happened in the house. And I realized a lot of the concentrated awfulness <laughs> happened when we were living there. So, so I think it really had a, a, took its toll or she, she conjured up. So I don't know, but it, I think it's yeah. definitely connected in some way. So once you've moved out of that house, have you had other experiences since then? Oh yeah. Um, I had lived in an apartment when I was pregnant with my son and my ex-husband, I lived in this apartment and I just gave birth to my son. And um, even when I was pregnant, stuff was happening. He was very skeptical. He was not a believer at all. And one night I remember us laying in bed and we were in the bedroom and I was, I don't know, watching something on my computer or a movie or something like that. And he was sleeping, dead sleep. 
And again, we had this little, we had a little black cat. Uh, I had, her name was Pie Wacket and she would, Pie would sit on the, on the bed and she'd lay with me and um, real sweet cat. And one night again, she perked up and she started looking at the ceiling in that room. And then my husband woke up and he looked in the same, just didn't even know what the cat was doing at all. Woke up from a dead sleep, looked in that same area and then like shook his head weird. And I was like, what's going on? Are you okay? What is what's happening right now? And he was like, I just saw a black cloud or something forming in the, on the, like towards the ceiling uh, on the top of the part of the wall where the cat was looking. And he pointed to the same place where she was looking. And I said, mm. Oh, that's fun. And he was like, Oh, it's probably a dream. He kind of shook it off. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think oh that's, no, that's not a dream. And he, of course he told everybody that it was a dream and that, you know, but then we had one of those dimmer switches in the kitchen where you have to push it and turn it to get it to turn on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, that would just turn itself on and dim it on and off by itself. And you literally had to physically turn it with your hand to get it to do that. And it would do it by itself. And he still wouldn't acknowledge that stuff was happening. <laughs> and then my sister came to visit and help with the baby when he was newborn and some stuff happened. My sister and I get together, stuff always happens. Um, and she and I were sitting in the living room and I had just made this sort of 3D um, mural of my son's name, Oliver. And I was painting little monkeys and stuff on it. His whole nursery was monkeys and stuff. And I hand painted mm -hmm. all this stuff. And the O from Oliver jumped off the wall and rolled weirdly, just rolled weirdly on the carpet, mind you, out into the living room where my sister and I were sitting. And it was an oval O. It wasn't like a round O, like it could gain momentum. Like it should not have been rolling that way at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it was like a, like a wood piece it, or something yeah or it was a... like a paper mache oh okay it was like kind of a squarish oh you know like an ovaly um and when it it just knocked off the wall out of nowhere and came rolling out towards us we both kind of were just watching it and we both looked at each other like did you just see that <laughs> and weird. we're like oh, super weird and then there was another time in that same apartment where she and i were sitting there uh, with the baby sitting in the living room, watch TV. I don't remember. And Oliver's, uh, he had a, like a little baby seat. Oliver was super tiny when he was born. He was only four, four pounds, little tiny guy. Oh, wow. And um, his baby seat uh, just totally flew off the kitchen counter. I mean, it, this was a weighted seat. It was also one of those carrier and car seat things. It was like both. Uh -huh. And it just flew off the kitchen counter and just almost hit my sister. We oh my like, god that's dangerous yeah it was dangerous it was weird that one wait was weird okay too. so let's go back for a second so mm -hmm. you had already grown up in a haunted house you ha had experiences you believe mm -hmm. in this stuff and then you move into this place like <laughs> i'm always so curious like when does st stuff start happening when are you like like did you ask the person before you moved in or like how did that how did the the story start so it, interesting the apartment i was actually it was like a uh, what they call i guess a, a condo but it's just it's an apartment and i was renting it from a friend who owned it and she never mentioned anything about any activity in that house at all uh, um, nobody had mentioned anything um and it didn't happen for a while uh, and then when I got pregnant, stuff started to happen. And then when Oliver was born, stuff started to happen. So oh I'm wondering God. if it's somehow linked to me having a baby. I don't know. Um, but definitely so stuff does happen. Did, did happen there. Did that end from you moving or did it ever end? Like when you so lived there? It never ended. We did move. And the next house we lived in was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> um maybe it's you no no offense but i know i know <laughs> you are the common through line here i know well the funny thing is is the next house we lived in uh we moved in and my dad moved in with us as well and then my mom passed away uh and then my sister came to stay again and then the house got more active even before my mom passed away it was active but um again i when my sister and i get together i think it's a thing i <laughs> I think something's going on there. Uh, but they, like she was living, it was a really big house. And the, this weird part about this house, it was, it 
had the potential to be really beautiful, but it was kind of like run down and it was very, not updated. You could tell since like the late eighties and the nineties, cause there was still carpet in the bathroom, which I always thought was super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, we found out that the house I think was being used for adult cam camera business, webcam business. Oh, okay. Wait, uh, where no, was this in Vegas? Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> it was one of those older homes in the historic Alta area of, um, of Vegas. So it's a lot of these older mansion-y kind of homes. But this wasn't by any means a mansion. It was just, it was, we were just renting it for a while. And um, yeah, we lived there. And um, like my sister would sleep in this, in this area. First of all, it was infested with scorpions. We found out later. Oh, God. Which was horrifying. I've never in my life been so scared because I had, my son was learning how to crawl. We couldn't even let him crawl on the floor. It was awful. Oh God. Which I also thought was super weird because I had not seen not one scorpion since I lived in Vegas. And then all of a sudden in this house, but whatever. And then um, my sister would sleep in the, in the family, this like area that we made the family room. And she'd hear footsteps walking across the floor, like shuffling across the carpet right in front of her. Oh, all the time. Yeah. And then there was this weird room off the kitchen and we think it was like supposed to be originally a maid's quarters or a servant's quarters kind of thing. Uh But that room was darker. And I don't mean like light wise. I just mean the feeling of darkness in that room way more than the rest of the house. Something bad was in that room. That's what we know. Do you think it was cam model ghosts? (laughs) It probably was, right? Uh, Like someone wronged for not having, not getting her tips or something. I don't know. (laughs) But but something was definitely not right in that room. Something bad hung out in there. So having lived in so many haunted houses, are you comfortable around that stuff i mean it's a weird question it's it's like you know exam each each time is probably a different feeling or whatever but how do you feel are you not as scared still scared where are you with that so just to be uh, honest i have been sort of uh, practicing my own sort of spiritual path since i've been in my 20s probably leaning towards the witchcraft sort of stuff mm-hmm. um that's just where i'm comfortable even though we're jewish <laughs> i mean by by ancestry and by culture we're we're jewish uh-huh. uh, by blood uh, but i've always sort of been kind of a witchy jew i don't even know how to explain that otherwise uh, <laughs> okay. but uh yeah um i uh, am comfortable with it but i think it's subjective for me so i'm i'm okay with it if i know that everybody's cool you know and i and i do believe that things sort of pass through i I do believe that we have activity a little bit everywhere there's no way that just one space is haunted in my mind i think that sometimes we have you know areas where people will pass through or you know there's there's sort of more traffic than other places it's not necessarily like a um exclusive haunting but um, for me, I'm fine if you're fine. Now, I also know that if I feel like it's not my turn to be in a space, that's what my sister and I call it. It's not my turn uh, where I just go, OK, you have this space right now and I'll come back later. Kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so oh, I, OK. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you do what you got to do in this space and I'll come back when you're done, when this space feels better for me to be in. Uh, so I do that now. So I'm like, OK, well. You, you oh, do, that's interesting. Yeah, you do your thing and I'll come back after you're done. <laughs> Got it. But yeah. you're not like, mm, maybe I'm going to stick around and see what you're doing. And maybe I can get a little, maybe I can get another story for Ghosted in the future. <laughs> you know, I am not opposed to that. I do have ghost hunting equipment. I am super down for all of that. I, I love that. I love to, um, ghost activity. I love paranormal investigations. I do love all of that as well. But if it happens organically, I think it's so much more a rewarding uh, experience or it just, I don't know, when it feels organic as opposed to going and and really trying to make it happen, even though that's fun too. uh, I think when it happens sort of organically in your own space, that's kind of interesting. Okay. I have like a general question that's Mm -hmm. like kind of a ridiculous question, but you know, I talk about how I think that in Hollywood, there's like certain types of ghosts that you see a lot of and, and there's reasons for them being ghosts or whatever. Do you, have you noticed that about Vegas, like a type of ghost or anything like that? I mean, I know that in Hollywood, because I'm originally from West Hollywood, I know that we have that that Hollywood ghost. Vegas, I'm not as sure. I think that we have uh, so much 
different, there's such a transient culture here. And I think yeah. that so many different kinds of people have come in and out of the city and into these structures and on this land. I think it's really hard to pinpoint for mm-hmm. sure. I think it's like a, that sort of uh, patchwork quilt of paranormal activity, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, it really is. And and I mean, if you go along with the idea of people's energy, you know, coming, like people come into that space like they come into the whole city with such a weird energy of just like i'm on vacation i can do whatever i want or whatever and it's like that and and then also so much darkness and so much like oh my god i just lost all my money or whatever happened the sin city vibe i'm sure Mm -hmm. attracts so much energy from all over the world and yeah it's probably a real hotbed for paranormal activity Oh, for sure. And I mean, even before all that, you had like the whole mob history and all that Mm -hmm. that happened out here. I mean, if ever if all the dead bodies in Las Vegas stood up, I think we would be overrun with with people. I think I don't think there'd be any room to walk. That's what I think. Oh, Um, my God. That is like the scariest thing I've ever heard somebody say (laughs) in my entire life. Yeah, I did. I won. No, but I, I do. I think that I think that there's a lot of a lot of stuff out here because I mean, remember we were so close to Los Angeles and Southern California and all this vast desert. Who knows what people came out here to do? Who knows? Yeah. Well, Becky, thank you so much yeah, for doing this. It was my this. pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Hello, Rachel. Calling us from hey. the big apple, New York city. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so happy that you're here. I saw your email and it looks like you got some stories for us. Where do we start? God, there's so many. Um, I mean, we can start at the beginning. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the first house that I ever lived in was completely haunted. Um, Where? In, so in the suburbs of Philly. Um, I grew up in an area that was super, super, super historical. Like the closest cemetery to my house had graves with people who were born in like the 1600s. Like, oh my God, they're old school colonial, um, right on the Delaware River, too. Actually, as a reference point, I grew up right next to a town called Washington's Crossing, which is quite literally where like George Washington crossed the Delaware. Got um, it. Yeah. So really old, really spooky. And as you can imagine, maybe some, you know, residual energy there from some colonization and some not so good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the house that the house that I first lived in, my parents actually bought the lot. So it hadn't even been built yet um, when they bought it. And when my mother was pregnant with me and my brother, I'm a twin, by the way, Um but uh, that does <laughs> that does play a part in the spook. Um, but anyway, so it was just, you know, it was leveled wood. So Lord knows what was even in that area. And they bought the plot and then it just was built into like this big, you know, kind of cookie cutter subdivision. And um, the earliest memory that I have in that house, I think I was about two years old and uh, shared a room with my brother and I would wake up you know, nightly. And I would hear this, you know, deep male voice outside of my bedroom door. And it was never speaking a language that I could understand. And, uh, but it would, and it was never threatening. It was just this kind of like low, steady vocalization. I have no idea what they were saying. I don't, I, but still to this day, I can kind of hear it. Um, And to the point where I remember too, having, some of my first memories of nightmares were about that voice. So while it never felt like it was going to hurt me, it still scared me. Yeah. Yeah. So super spooky. Um, That happened all the time, super regular basis. I lived in that house from when I was born until I was, I think just about seven. And I would say that that happened from, you know, my earliest memories of being a toddler until I was maybe about four or five and I just got really used to it. Um, it was all I knew, um, which is really <laughs> kind of messed up looking back. I was like, oh, I'm just so used to the ghost. It can tear yeah. That's fine. Did you ever say anything to your parents? 
No, and I, I think I was just I was so young that if, even if I had said anything, I'm sure that they that they were like, oh, you know, kids imagination. Oh, so cute. Yeah. And it, it's because it, it is so easily explainable when you have a you know, two or three year old saying, oh, there's a monster outside my room. Like, of course, you're as a parent going to choose to believe that there's no monster. That's uh, why I will not be a parent. It's one of the many reasons I won't be a parent oh because if gosh, they said that so to me, <laughs> yeah. If, if a child said there's a monster in my room, I'd be like, okay, great. Well, we're moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that went on and there were times that I remember waking up and I have maybe experienced sleep paralysis once or twice in my life. It was never anything that was really scary. I just remember waking up and not being able to move. So I can, I think I can say that this was not that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would look up and it would feel as if the room was spinning. And then uh, when I was about four, my younger brother was born and my twin and I moved up to kind of like a lofted space, kind of a mix between like an office and an attic in the house Mm-hmm. And that was when the energy went from scary but benign to absolutely malevolent. Ah. Uh, I know <laughs> there was one corner of the room that just like never, ever, ever got light. Um, and there were skylights. We were on the top floor. There were skylights. The rest of the room would be like flooded with light. And that corner was perpetually dark. So uh, my brother and I still being, you know, really young kids just like avoided that corner like the plague. And we would have um, synced up nightmares in that room. Um, One I distinctly remember being when uh, we both woke up at the same time. It was about four o'clock in the morning. And um, we both looked at each other and said, did you feel the hands? Did you feel the hands? And uh, we had both had dreams that a, a pair of, you know, disembodied hands was grabbing us and shaking us awake. Uh, uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, pretty, <laughs> pretty nasty. Um, so that was that I remember was when was when we started becoming afraid of the room and uh, eventually just kind of, you know, as little kids do, we were like, it's OK, like we're just going to play pretend or we're going to, you know, make forts and keep ourselves safe and all of that. And uh, the, the activity definitely subsided as we got a little bit older. Um, but we did both have really, really, really awful dreams in that room. We would always have dreams that there were, you know, like hooded figures looking down at us from the skylights. And we had no reference point for hooded figures being, you know, five-year-olds. Um, right. seen anything like that before. So we would see, we would have dreams of things like that. I would have dreams where there were like anatomical, like dissected body parts on the walls, things that I had never seen before. And uh, only, it would only happen in that room. If I fell asleep, you know, down on the couch or if I, you know, slept in my parents' room, it would never happen. It was only that room. And uh, I just... To this day, the only explanation that I could possibly have for it is something paranormal. Yeah. And yeah. So that so it just, you know, continued and there was always just something in that house. And then we moved when I was six or seven within the same neighbor within the same neighborhood. And uh, the first night in that new house, uh, nothing happened. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, um, that was not normal. Yeah, it's not us. It's that house. Yeah. Houses aren't supposed to have that feeling. And I was, again, like seven years old. And I I distinctly remember sitting up in bed in the middle of the night and thinking to myself, I'm not scared right now. And uh, it was really it's something that we didn't talk about for years until I was maybe like 16. And we were I've always been I've always watched you know, every possible ghost hunting show. And I'm really the only person in my family who's like outwardly really interested in the supernatural. And so my skeptic parents definitely have given me a lot of shit about that over the years. So we were sitting around the dinner table and I was going on about either an episode of ghost hunters or celebrity ghost stories or something. And um, my brother, my twin perks up and he's like, oh, well, you know what? Wasn't our old house haunted? And the entire table went silent. And my mom, who had never said anything about it, 
She goes, oh, that was absolutely haunted. There was a male energy there and he was watching me all the time. Oh, no. Yeah. So pretty, pretty affirming in that moment. And it's funny. Totally. We uh, my dad, who's the biggest skeptic, um, he was just like, okay, And then he just kept eating his dinner. And the rest of us (laughs) like, wait, this is insane. And we were all we were all able, able to, like, corroborate everybody's stories. And we all felt the same things and we heard the same things. And it was super validating also like very scary and mildly triggering but it it really affirmed that there was something there and yeah and that house goes on the market every couple years um you know my parents still live in that neighborhood and um every once in a while when i'm visiting i'll drive by and uh nine times out of ten i feel like there's a for sale sign outside the door it's always on the market Oh, wow. Well, what about the L.A. story? Um, So that one was the one. (laughs) This one actually really scared me shitless um, in a really big way. I didn't tell anybody about it for at least a year after it happened. Um, I was, this was like five years ago. I was um, in LA, I was visiting friends and I, I also I went to school for theater. We did a showcase out there and um, we were there for showcase and I extended my trip so that I could see some friends and I was staying at my friend's house and it was this like probably built in the twenties duplex. Um, and uh, what part of town? I think it was in, it was near California donuts. That's all I remember. I think it was, near Koreatown, but I don't know LA very well. Sure. Okay. I'm not sure, but, um, it was the weirdest experience because, um, I, you know, wasn't not to knock LA in any way, but I knew that when I was graduating, I had no interest in being there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was kind of dreading the showcase, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. I get to like be in the sun and, and, you know, go to the beach and, eat a bunch of good food. I'll be fine. And, um, I get off, I stepped off the plane and I was like, God, it just feels so weird. I just felt this like dread and this like awful feeling. And, and, um, I'm, I, I don't know. I consider myself to be mildly intuitive, but I also think that I'm a lot of that has to do with like high anxiety. So I think it's for me, I confuse intuition and like my anxiety a lot of the time. But uh, I just felt this like really this feeling of like impending doom, this really just this wave of dread and I couldn't shake it. And I was like, you're just tired from traveling. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just move on with your life. You're fine. So, um, you know, I get in the car and, and get dropped off at my friend's house and the feeling kind of just intensifies. And I step into the house and immediately I'm like, this is why I feel bad. It was just the energy in there was super heavy. I felt like I was walking through like a swamp. It was just really thick and awful. And again, I tried to just explain it away. So I was like, well, my friends lived here for years and she's fine. And and I'm probably just tired and anxious and nervous. And, you know, I I'm I'm just making I'm making it up. And so you know, I, I try to shake it off and have a couple of drinks with my friends and, you know, we go about our business and the first night we go to sleep and a couple of our friends had been staying there too. So we were all kind of just like sprawled out on air mattresses in the living room. And the first night I wake up in the middle of the night, maybe three or four o'clock in the morning. And I hear this like low chant and I think I said this in my email. The only thing I can liken it to is that like weird operatic singing in the beginning of Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. Which oh is like, my God. It's like a super silly comparison, but that's the only thing I can compare it to. In yeah, kind of like Gregorian chant or something. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just, it, it was the sound of that plus the sound of rushing water and like, like almost the sound of retching, like someone was like trying to vomit or something. And my first thought was someone outside had a rough night and Mm -hmm. they are dealing with it accordingly. Welcome to Hollywood. Right. I was like, I was like, you know, there are lots of crazy people in LA. It could be anybody. It could be a real person. I don't know. And, and I 
then I was like, oh, maybe it's, you know, the people who live below, maybe they're, maybe someone's up. And this is truly, I went as far as to try to explain as someone's awake and they're singing in the shower and they swallowed some water or something. I'm trying to explain <laughs> it. And then I look at my phone and it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, no one's awake right now, except for me. And it just kept going and it kept going and it kept going. And uh, it terrified me. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. At first I thought it was coming from outside because the window was open, but it just kind of felt like it was in the walls. And um, so I pulled out my computer and my headphones and I put on like episodes of drag race or something and, and just tried to just tried to watch something that would completely take my mind off of it. And eventually I fell back asleep. And so the next morning I wake up and I am really shaken. And um, I look at both of my friends who were sleeping in the same room as me. And I said, Hey, you know, did you hear this last night? I was super freaked out. And they were like, no, we didn't hear anything. So weird. And I was like, okay. So that day was the day of our showcase. So it was super busy, super exhausted. We get home, I pass out, nothing happens. And then I was there for like five more nights and every single night it happened. And um, with, you know, increasing intensity and it was just, it just felt so icky. It felt so bad and nobody else was experiencing it. I asked the people, there were three people who lived in that house. I asked them if they had heard anything, they hadn't heard anything. And, and it was just me hearing this. And I was just really fucking wigged out. I'm sorry, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I was just really wigged out and it, it just felt really bad. And um, then the, the last day of the trip, I was exhausted because I wasn't sleeping. And everybody was like, we're going to Malibu. Do you want to come? And I was like, I have to catch a flight in like six hours and to pack and eat shower. Like, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. It's- you're like Justin Timberlake's backup vocals have been <laughs> keeping me up all night. I'm good. Yeah. And I don't know what I should have just, I should have just gone to Malibu. I don't know what made me think that I would just be totally fine being in this house alone all day. Um, but I mean, I was, I didn't have a car. I didn't, it's not like, it's not like I could like go anywhere. It was there. Everything was so spread out and I, I didn't know the area. So I was just stuck in this house all day and, and, um, it happened again in just like during the day and, <sighs> and I heard it and I tried to figure out where it was coming from. And again, I couldn't figure it out. And I looked in the driveway behind the house and the neighbors weren't home. And, um, I sat out on like the stoop for the rest of the day because I was so terrified. And uh, to this day, I still don't have an explanation for that. Um, But I got back to Ohio where I was, you know, living at the time. And uh, I slept with the lights on for like four weeks because I was just so afraid. I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't, I was just, I was so freaked out by this experience that I was like, maybe if I don't say anything, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, it, maybe it'll just go away from my memory. Like I just, I was just so freaked out by it. And then a couple of weeks after that trip, my friend who lived in that house texted me and the other two people who were staying with her at the time. And they were, and she was like, Hey, super weird question. Uh, we just found a bag of like a dark Brown powder. Did that belong to any of you guys? What? And- all of us were like, no, that doesn't belong to us. They're like, weird. It just like turned up in our kitchen. We have no idea where it came from. And I don't know if that was related. I don't know. There were, <laughs> there were a lot of people in and out of that house, like at all times, um, you know, three roommates with three sets of friends, like going in and out, auditioning places. Like there was just like a lot of foot traffic. So it could have been anything. But um, after I got that text, I was like, I don't know if this is related, but I'm done. I never want to go back there ever again. <laughs> And once you left and went back to Ohio, you didn't have that experience again. It was like no. specifically that house. It was specifically that house. And um, ever since then, I've been super, super protective of my energy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, anytime that, 
you know, I, like, I have a friend who's, who's a psychic and she's like recently coming into her abilities. And whenever I'm I'm around her, I I just like shut off my energy because I'm like, I don't want anybody to take any of my energy. I don't want anyone to tap into this, like, which makes me sound, I know, like insane, but um, it was just such a draining experience, whatever it was, it just like exhausted me for a week and it terrified me. And like, I just, that was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me easily. Wow. I've been ghosted too. Hello, Becky with a Y from Toronto. How are you? Hi, Roz. I am thrilled to be here. How are you? I am so good. Um, I You're the second uh, Becky that I have on this uh, listener episode. I have Becky with a Y and Becky with an I. So Ooh. that's why I called you Becky with a Y. <laughs> Um, Becky with a Y. Okay. It sounds like you've been all over the place because I was reading your email and I'm like, okay, Becky is international. Becky has traveled the world seeing ghosts. Mm. (laughs) Can you tell me about, uh, your stories? Sure. So, uh, I grew up in Scotland as you may be able to tell. Um, but actually my first ghost experience was when I was on holiday in France. So um, like Scotland is kind of known, if you say Scotland, you think of like castles. And um, I grew up in a small village close to a castle where, you know, it was supposed to be haunted. I never had an experience there, but um, some people have. And um, my first encounter with a ghost or something kind of otherworldly was, yeah, in France. Um, It was in a I guess it was called like a holiday home. Um, It was an old converted farmhouse. And I was on holiday with my parents as a teenager, which, you know, that's not always the most fun. But we were in this farmhouse in this small village. And um, that was the first time I had an encounter where I didn't I didn't feel scared. I knew something was there. It was a feeling, but I didn't feel like scared by it. And we like we all had experiences, my mom, my dad and I. And there was definitely something, you know, objectively there. So one of, one of the happened? most, so one of the most prominent things was, um, I remember the morning that we left, I heard, I was like, it was early in the morning, like 6am and I could hear outside my room, there was like furniture being moved around, like scraping across the floor. It was like a tiled floor. And I was like, okay, maybe that's my mom and dad, like, you know, up early moving stuff for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and eventually I was, I was so sick of it. I was like, I'm trying to sleep. So the scraping was going on really loud and I got up, opened the door and there was nothing there and it stopped. Mm. And I went through to my parents' room and they were asleep and yeah, there was just no evidence of anything. So that's very prominent in my mind. And my mom also had experiences with hearing footsteps. Um, that's that's the other kind of main thing. And there was, there was just a feeling, you know, it was really old. I don't know how old, maybe 1700s. So God, has to be some spooks there. Yeah. I mean, in Scotland, what what's the stories of this castle? Uh, well, this, this castle, it's actually, it's a tower. It's called Green Now Tower. And it is known for, it's sadly a kind of a suicide spot, um, but it's also known for having a green lady, of course, green. But um, yeah, there are a few uh, ladies, like you get like pink ladies and white ladies roaming these like old ruins around uh, the country. But yeah, this one had a green lady and I'm not sure of her story or anything like that. She was just a presence there, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure oh she's my still God. there. The Green Lady of Scotland, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell me another one. Uh, so, another one I have is from actually from here in Toronto, um, a bit more recent. Um, so, I moved here a few years ago, and in getting to know the city, um, I just wanted to, you know, like find out some historical stuff. And when I visit places, I do like to find out about like you know the spooky history um, and one of the spookiest places here is a place called Fort York which is a military like fortification I think it was involved in 
the War of 1812, which was between the Americans and the Brits. Um, so, yeah, spooky kind of place. And I had a friend that worked there and some of the experiences of employees there, they would hear like bangs in the night or they would like see people through a window in one of the like in one of the sheds, things like that. And I was on a it was a ghost tour. Well, it was called a I think it was a, a dark or a lantern tour or something like that. And um, we were in one of the blockhouses and we're having this tour and the tour guides were telling us about the uh, the house and how it was haunted um, and things that various employees had heard on site. Um, and they were in the middle of telling this story or someone had just finished a sentence and there was this huge bang. It was as if something had been thrown very fast or very violently against the wall. Um, it was, yeah, it was like something really hard hitting the wall. And it didn't sound improvised or recorded or anything like that. And everyone was spooked. There was just this silence afterwards of, okay, that was definitely a ghost or, you know, some <laughs> presence was playing with us. Um, it was as if it had been listening and was like, okay, well, now's my chance. <laughs> this is my cue. Here. Yeah. Um, that was pretty scary. And like, I think it's a bit unusual to experience these things in a group as well. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got your money's worth. I, I oh. think about these tours all the time and I've been on them and I enjoy them, but it's like, I feel like it's not super common to have something happen. So when it yeah. does, it's like, oh my God, what a great... Absolutely. Hop onto Yelp and spread the word. <laughs> hey, do you want to yeah. hear an EVP with me? Oh, I would love to. Okay. <laughs> it's time for... EVPs. Or EV please. So I'm just going to assume that you know how this goes. Mm -hmm. But I go to YouTube. I find EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. And um, this one I found from somebody called Trinity Paranormal. And it's at a place called the Jefferson Hotel. Now, I could not figure out where. It didn't say exactly where. But it sounds like an EVP to me. And um, tell me what you think you hear here. Okay. Okay, obviously there's like lots of like fuzz <laughs> and noise, but then faintly in the background you can hear a voice. Okay, we're here, we'll play it again. Oh. Did you hear anything? Yeah, but it very difficult to make it out. It was as if they were seeing like, Go, go, or... Yeah. yeah. Wait, let me play it again. <sighs> it sounds like there's some emotion behind it. It sounds yeah. like it's like yelling something. It's kind of urgent, like a warning. Yeah. Okay, well, here's some options. One of these is what they believe it says. Is it A, I'm in a cult. B, <laughs> are you cold? C, I want a Coke. <laughs> or D in a cone. Like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and it's like so rare that the <laughs> ice cream machine's working, but then it yeah. does. And then you order and they're like, do you want it in a cup or go? And then it goes I in a cone. Okay. <laughs> With that knowledge, let me play it again. Oh, oh, I love all of these options. I mean, I'm not going to lie. All of these options sound exactly like what it says, <laughs> in my opinion. Let me play it again. In a cone. Mm. Yeah, I'm hearing in a cone. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so, like, desperate. Like, please. But also, I like the idea of, I'm in a cult. Like, I'm in a cult. I'm trying to get out. Yeah, because, again, it sounds, yeah, desperate. Or it sounds yeah. like it wants to be heard. Um, well, they believe it says... Are you cold? Let me play it again. Okay. Yeah, I hear that I as well. Hear, I can hear it. Well, but they also said that it was in response to one of the investigators saying out loud, I'm freezing. So oh. that kind of makes it seem like it could be. Uh, yeah. Are you cold? Or it could be like, are you freezing from eating ice cream? Because I want some in a cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have been both. And that was in where, the Jefferson Hotel? 
It was in some Jefferson hotel. Okay. Um, I don't know which Jefferson hotel, but a, a Jefferson a hotel with a possibly cold ghost. Yeah. Um, well, Becky, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much to Becky with an I, Rachel, and Becky with a Y. And as always, if you want to hear a little bit more, go to patreon.com slash Also, I've got that video of me doing my makeup and uh, all sorts of things. Honestly, I've been doing it since the fall. There's tons of stuff. Always a new video and bonus clip from each episode. And uh, it really helps me out if you, if you can support it. Anyway, if you want to be on a listener episode... Email ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, subject line, listener episode. Please join that Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I'm on Cameo, at Roz Dresvelez. I'm on Instagram, at Roz Hernandez. There's no question mark on my Instagram handle. I just said it that way because I'm colorful. And, um, God, what else? Subscribe. Oh, rate the show five stars. If you have a ghost story, great place to to leave a ghost story in a five-star review or just say something nice or don't say anything at all. Just give me five stars. How about that? (sighs) Next week, we're back with Andrea Perrin, and it is one you're going to want to tune in for. So make sure you're subscribed. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.